Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Dr. Jen, and with us is author, entrepreneur, and family law attorney, Laura Wasser. She has represented celebrities like Kim Kardashian, Angelina Jolie, Stevie Wonder, and Johnny Depp. She's one of the most well-known family law attorneys in this country. She is also the creator of It's Over Easy, an online divorce service that's giving divorce and couples an accessible and affordable resource to dissolve their marriage. Laura Wasser, welcome to the show. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Obviously, we're in a pandemic. The divorce rates are skyrocketing. What do you say to the person who is sheltering in place? They've been trapped in the same home with their spouse for however many months, and they're thinking about getting a divorce. What is your advice to them? Well, my advice to them now is probably a little bit different than it was three or four months ago. Obviously, nobody anticipated that this would go on for as long as it did. And I think one of the key elements that is giving people so many difficulties in relation to their divorce or marriage and everything else is just the uncertainty. When will this end? When will we bounce back? How will it look when we come out of it? And, um, you know, you said divorce rates were skyrocketing. They're actually not um, for whatever reasons, whether it's because people are not able to get access to the courts or because people that have been stuck together for all this time have actually decided to take some of your advice and really dig deep, address some of the issues that they've had in the past use this time where you can't walk out of the house, where you can't schedule something with your friends or get away, where you can't necessarily throw yourself into work if you go to an office, but really, really focus on the issues you're having. I think a lot of people have been able to figure out a way to make their relationship richer and better. Doesn't mean that he or she is not going to drive you crazy during the entirety of the of the time you're together, but you can work through some issues. And I have seen a lot of couples actually doing that. If people were having problems before this started, this absolutely has been a very uncomfortable time, but a lot of them are still choosing to kind of wait it out again, because it's very difficult to have access to the courts at this time. And if you're talking to a couple who is in that position, they've been at home, they have had problems maybe even before this, the pandemic has just made things worse. And you have someone who is just like, you know what, when the courts are open, I want to file, I want to get a divorce. What do they need to know? What should they keep in mind? What notes should they be taking? Calls should they be making? I would say one of the most important things, and just so it's clear, the courts are open. They're just super backlogged. So that's why a lot of people have been doing things online, online divorces, online mediation. That has been a huge tool right now. That is one of the things I would say is explore your options, educate yourself, figure out what this may look like for you, both as the result of being you know, during a quarantine period, but also just how, what are the next steps? I mean, that's why we created It's Over Easy, because in addition to being able to do your divorce online, there is a wealth of information about what it will look like. Remember the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting? It's Over Easy is kind of what to expect when you're divorcing. We give steps, there's, there's blogs, there's information so that you know, A, what it might look like. Obviously, everybody's situation is different, but also that there's a community of people who are either going through it simultaneously or have gone through it, and you can lean on them both for mental health issues, for financial planning. But what I would say to people is do remember that uh, this is someone that is most likely going to remain in your life even after this 
business transaction, this legal, you know, matter has been resolved. So take that into account because if you're going to be co-parenting with them or you still have, you know, business interests with them in terms of partnerships, you don't want to burn your bridges there. And you also don't want to spend an inordinate amount of time, money, or negative energy on this if it is something that, again, you're going to have to still be dealing with this person at birthday parties, at weddings, at school conferences, et cetera. And can you explain a little bit more about what is it's over easy? One of the things that I hear, especially when money is an issue, is I can't afford to get divorced. And right. I think that over easy is such an amazing tool for people who are in that situation. So as you know, I've been practicing family law for a long time, and most of the clients of my firm are wealthy and or high profile individuals. And because as a younger attorney, maybe you know, 10 or so years ago, I really was finding myself at dinner parties and you know, picnics and school things, talking to people that were closer to my age and may not have been high profile or super wealthy about issues regarding their relationships and divorce. I thought, wouldn't it be nice to kind of provide that access to information to everybody. So I wrote a book called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way. And people really were appreciative of having that information out there. So that obvious next step, particularly taking into consideration everything that's happening with legal tech, was to create a platform where people could get divorce forms and get education about divorce and relationships and get access to if you needed professionals to help you with it all online. Yeah, it really is one of the most cost efficient, brilliant programs that I've ever seen for anyone who is going through a divorce. Because again, divorce is so expensive and most people can't afford an amazing, high profile, very experienced attorney like you. And it really is such a, a gift to people who are going through this. Um, Lord, don't go anywhere. We're going to go to a break. But when we get back, I want to talk to you about co-parenting and how we manage that, especially during COVID times. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. I'm Dr. Jen Mann. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I am sitting in for Allie and Dr. James. Right now, I'm talking with Laura Wasser. You've probably seen her in the media a million times. Pretty much every celebrity who has gone through a divorce has worked with Laura because she is such a brilliant family law attorney. And I'm fortunate enough to have her here to talk with you and me about divorce and co-parenting and all of these issues that are coming up more and more during these COVID times. Thank you, Laura, for being here. Thanks for having me. Can you talk to me a little bit about co-parenting during COVID and what parents need to know when it comes to what their rights are? I'm talking to a lot of parents who... uh, you helped me answer a question while I was on Loveline from a parent whose spouse is not taking COVID very seriously. He's taking it very seriously. She's withholding a child from him. He's worried that when his child came back into the house that they would be exposed to the virus. This seems to be the thing I see the most, where one parent 
doesn't take it seriously and is making choices that are dangerous and risky that could expose the child and the other parent to the virus. What are what are our rights and how do we deal with this? So when this all first started, Jen, we you know came up with around the country kind of task forces with uh, judicial officers and family law practitioners and mediators and mental health professionals to talk about how we're going to deal with this. Because of course, yes, there was a ton of people saying, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? This he or she isn't doing it the way I would do it. And not only does it expose our kids, but then it exposes whoever else is living in our home as they come back and forth. And remember, at that time, it was right around spring break. So you had kids that were in other circumstances going to be traveling to see their non-custodial parent. We then moved into summer. We talked about a lot of remote learning issues. Which home are they going to be learning at? And now as we start the school year again, this is coming up over and over again. How are we dealing with these co-parenting issues? And I did write an article for it on the It's Over Easy Insights blog called Co-Parenting During COVID. One of the things, and again, you apply the same principles as you would during non-COVID times, which is what we like to call it, It's Over Easy, the three C's, which is cooperation, consideration, and communication. Now more than ever, we really, really have to exercise those. For consideration, even if one parent doesn't feel as angst-ridden as the other about hand washing, mask wearing, social distancing, you know, gatherings, etc. You really have to consider the other person's feelings. You may not feel that way, but this is a co-parent of yours. You're going to know them for a long time. You don't want to put your kid in the middle. So you have to be considerate of their feelings. And even if you may not feel as anxiety ridden about it as they do, you need to make it a concern of yours because it is a concern of theirs. That cooperation will also work in terms of if you can't have your kid traveling to the other parent's house, or maybe it is better for him or her to do their remote learning at one household, but still we don't want to disrupt the custody schedule, have some cooperation, figure out Zoom and FaceTime arrangements, figure out a way for both parents to have lots of contact with the child, even if they're not doing as many transitions between two homes. And of course, communication, always important as you've always told everybody, Jen, but this time really make sure you're doing it in a way that's loud and clear and perhaps in writing because if you cannot work through your issues, I think it's very important to have a written record of how you have requested certain things, how you've made your desires and your anxieties clear. If you do have to end up going to court, having those written communications will be helpful. And so what the task forces have said is try to keep everything as consistent as possible. Try not to use this as leverage if you're a parent and try to really exercise those three seats. It's so true. And I, I wish that everyone exercised those three C's. It, it's unfortunate that there are a lot of parents where, besides the fact that it's contentious, where one person is just not cooperating. Do you think as a family law attorney, like, let's say you have a family where one parent, they've documented, they've emailed, they've done all the right things, you know, hey, I'm concerned about these things. This is a risk, you know, please don't take Susie to the wrestling match. He's going to be spit all over and breathed all over by other kids. The numbers are really high. And then that parent takes Susie to the wrestling match. Susie gets COVID, then brings it back to the parent who is more conservative and they get ill and have medical bills. Are there going to be lawsuits? Like, how does this play out once 
we're further along in this process. Is that something that you think is going to be happening? I do. And we've talked about this as well. I mean, look, one of the things that I tell people is there will be a day of reckoning. We can be uncertain all day long, but at some point, all of this will come to fruition. So God forbid Susie actually does get COVID and does pass it along and whatever else. But even if she doesn't, you Mm -hmm. still have those emails that you wrote saying, please, please, please be considerate of the feelings and the situation. And he or she still takes Susie to the wrestling match then you now have a case to put in front of a judge saying they're not being the more considerate co-parent. They're not being the more conscientious co-parent. They may not be acting in our children's best interest, and this is something that needs to be looked at. Or they didn't let me exercise my custodial time, and so I have this much makeup time. There will be a day of reckoning. Judicial officers are really starting, as we're getting back into courts, to slam people who are using this one way or another to their advantage and really putting their children in the middle and making an uncomfortable situation situation. In terms of the transmission of a disease, that's not a family law matter. That's more of a tort. So just like giving somebody herpes, if you knew you had it and acting recklessly or irresponsibly or any other sexually transmitted disease, I believe that there will be at some point civil actions that people will bring against each other saying, you did not act conscientiously. You took my kid or you exposed me to this. The problem, as with any of those tort cases, is how do you prove where they got it? And so, again, I'm not a civil attorney. I don't do that kind of work. I think you will see some of that. Laura, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. If you're listening, please check out It's Over Easy. If you are contemplating a divorce, if you are thinking about this, if you have questions about it, it is really one of the best resources that I have ever seen and one of the most cost-efficient ways to go through a divorce. Laura, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Be safe.